0: Welcome back, ho ho hos to another special episode of the Buzzwords podcast. I'm joined as usual my co host, Bo. Ho 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 indeed. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Yep. No, happy holidays. We have to be inclusive here.
1: Happy holidays, Bobby. How is uh how's the weather where you're at?
0: It snowed for the first time today. It's like three yep. inches outside. So ah, that's pretty big. Yep. Yeah. Me and the snow have something in common three inches
1: i'll drink to that speaking of drinks
0: what are you sipping on today so i liked our last podcast so much with the hard liquor that i'm actually just drinking whiskey again sounds good and how about any vitamins today that you're taking uh yeah just melatonin because it's almost my bedtime all right (laughs) what about you so today
1: i have the golden road brewing balboa blonde I've had a couple of their other brews, including their strawberry wheat brew. This Balboa Blonde is a blonde ale with pomegranate and strawberry, so I'm excited.
0: Nice. I mean, I, I wasn't really asking about that. I was asking about the vitamins, but mm. it's good to know. And
1: just for the listener, if you haven't read the title of this podcast, or I guess that would be <laughs> oh, it. <God. laughs>
0: what? What are you eating? The pitted, it, it, pitted it's ding. so It's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> like I can hear you like struggling to make M <laughs> sound.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So if you haven't realized yet, this is our vitamins episode. Vitamins span a whole slew of uh, organ systems, so this will have a lot of cross links from prior episodes. But I think it's important to have vitamins. Uh, kind of all in one place in case you ever need that quick review. What do you think, Bobby?
0: Sounds good to me. There's like so many vitamins. It's kind of ridiculous. Shall we get started? Let's do it. That was a big gulp. It helps with the melatonin.
1: All right. Let's start off with a toughie if this is your first episode guys bobby is hard to stump so i try to find the toughest questions uh possible so which vitamin is important for fighting the measles infection if you got measles
0: uh vitamin a is a treatment
1: wow well done i wonder how they figure that out
0: i don't know i feel like they do a lot of random vitamin trials like wasn't vitamin c like the hottest kid on the block in sepsis treatment recently and then like yep. it was vitamin e before that like they're handing that stuff out like candy, and then they're just looking for associations. So, as a follow-up, or a counter question, if you will, say that patient started developing really bad headaches, especially when they bent down. What would you be worried about?
1: Mm. Uh, you have, with vitamin A, among other things, including uh, female gender, certain antibiotics, these can all lead to pseudotumor cerebri.
0: Yeah exactly
1: and so what's the pathophys of pseudotumor again it's just an elevated pressure in the brain
0: yeah it's just an elevated intracranial pressure the association with vitamin a or like why vitamin a causes it isn't well understood, but it is a a well-known association
1: right and the thing you really have to worry about right is kind of
0: vision changes yep exactly so that's actually one of the ways you can uh be clued into it is if you do a uh Endoscopic exam will actually show papilledema, and one of the treatments in a refractory case is actually fenestration of the optic nerve sheath, which allows right. the um, pressure to to release.
1: Right. So I think important things to know: pseudotumor cerebri. There's another name for that, right? Or pseudotumor. Yeah, one I think
0: name... it's it's idiopathic intracranial hypertension is like right. the more common name these days. But pseudotumor pseudot�� cerebri is the one you'll see in textbooks, and like neuro attendings will call it that. Right,
1: idiopathic intracranial hypertension, all important stuff, and vitamin A is involved with all of that. Beautiful. I'll drink to that. Cheers. First taste, this is quite a good drink. Actually, it tastes pomegranate. It's beautiful. Nice. All right. I have a gentleman coming off the street, and he is confused. What's going on?
0: I'm confused why we keep talking about this, but I think he might have a uh, thiamine deficiency.
1: (laughs) Well done. So I wanted to make it very vague, but basically real quick, since this is kind of bread and butter, where Nikki Korsakoff, think about ataxia, confusion, nystagmus, and then if they have confabulation, you can see lesions on imaging in the mammillary bodies. Think of more of a Korsakoff picture. Anything you want to add with that?
0: I would just add in the, like, undifferentiated alcoholic patient that comes in, if you're going to give them fluid with glucose, one thing you want to do is make sure you give them thiamine along with it, because giving glucose alone can actually exacerbate uh, Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome as it depletes the thiamine.
1: Right. And I think that's all related to kind of your glycolysis. glucose is coming down, thiamine is a cofactor to create pyruvate or for pyruvate to be transferred to acetyl-CoA, and if you don't have that thiamine, it starts getting shuttled into kind of... Uh, more of the anaerobic acidosis kind of picture, and therefore you build up all this uh, kind of acid and getting you a whole world of trouble.
0: Yeah. So, what if that same patient also had symmetrical muscle weakness and maybe a touch of heart failure?
1: <laughs> oh man, were they out picking some berries? Because I think they might have a berry berry. Yep. You got it. Whether it's wet or dry. Yeah. Which I still so... don't really understand. <laughs> i think i guess it's just your symptoms i guess it's the presentation
0: i don't know that they're necessarily i think they're just linked because they're both caused by a thiamin deficiency but they seem like completely unrelated processes (laughs) dry berry berry you just have like muscle weakness and maybe some ataxia but then wet berry berry you have heart failure so
1: yep I don't know, but still very high yield. It's always tough with these ones, these vitamin deficiencies. So if you see someone with any of those kind of nonspecific symptoms and nothing's making sense, think thiamine.
0: Yeah. And I think in the question stem, they would give you some sort of hint that the patient is malnourished, um, like our alcoholic patient here, or I think diabetics are at increased risk as well, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Right. All right. So I have a less common vitamin deficiency, but one that still has shown up. In my experience. So you have a patient come into your office. They have some cracking around their lips, and they stick out their tongue, and it's kind of purple-looking. Any
0: ideas? I think it might just be a fad, but it sounds like a riboflavin deficiency to me.
1: (laughs) Well done, yeah. Anything else you want to say about
0: that before I uh, give the little spiel? No, I think those are the main things to look out for, kind of the cracked lips and, like, the stomatitis, you know, red swollen tongue... You know, kind of inflamed yeah. mucous membranes that is what to look out for. I think they can also be like anemic.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they could.
0: Riboflavin, um if you
1: have a deficiency, it's also known as a riboflavinosis. But it can lead to like skin disorders, it can lead to edema of the mouth and throat. What you meant angular stomatitis, lesions of the corner of the mouth, culosis, swollen and cracked lips, hair loss, sore throat. So a lot of non specific stuff, but I think in the questions that I've ever seen. It's the chelosis, it's the angular stomatitis, and it's the tongue having, like, a purple magenta color.
0: Yeah, I think the the real key to look out for with those, like, with all these vitamin questions, it, like, the vignette's hopefully going to point you in the direction of somebody, you know, having risk factors for a vitamin deficiency, and then, like, the consolation of symptoms will really just fit, hopefully, only one specific vitamin deficiency and not any other, like, clinical disease, because otherwise it's kind of confusing. Right so a depressed teen with uh, acne comes in to your uh hospital and he had just transferred from out of town and he was on some medications but he didn't know what they were and you happen to get a liver panel on him and he has elevated Lfts oh bummer what's going on
1: this kid this kiddo is being treated
0: for acne you said I just said he's depressed and he has acne
1: Oh, for sure. And elevated LFTs. And mm-hmm. is he getting treated for this acne?
0: Well, he he just transferred from another doctor and he doesn't know what meds he was on.
1: Oh, he doesn't. Oh, bummer. Okay. I'm thinking that this kid is being treated for his acne. I think it's something called Accutane, which is a high dose of vitamin A. And that can lead to elevation in your ALT, AST, which would actually cause many dermatologists to start considering actually taking him off the medication. Is that correct or am I off?
0: That is correct. Very good.
1: Yeah, and Accutane seems to be a really good med. I took Accutane myself. I don't know if you ever had an acne problem, Bobby.
0: No, I've always had perfect skin.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I remember, just when I was always feeling your face. Mm-hmm. No.
0: <laughs> Explains why you were sad all the time. Yeah,
1: I had some friends uh, back in high school that attested their Accutane to like, being more short-tempered, among other things. It's not really clear if Accutane actually leads to depression. Uh, I think it's there were some issues with the study where it ruled out or it excluded people that were depressed, causing some type of discrepancy. So most dermatologists don't think it's related to depression, but you still have to. You st- it's still part of the kind of FDA description. So so got to tell parents. People still have this kind of conception that it does. Anyways, yeah, but it can it can lead to a lot of issues like uh, elevated ALT AST. It can lead to muscle pain um so just a couple things kids need to be like followed pretty closely especially females because uh hyper doses of vitamin a can also be quite bad for the fetus if the female did end up getting pregnant
0: right don't they have to be on two different types of birth control and sign like a contract to say that they will maintain those that birth control while they're on the medication
1: exactly yep they have to do that or they have to just say i'm going to be abstinent so really it's like but it's not enforceable and uh, there's some good studies that came out just last year showing that this new, like, iPledge system, which is what it's called, hasn't really been that great in preventing pregnancies while people are on Accutane. People will
0: just do what they're going to do, you know? Definitely. Well, I feel like the jury is no longer out about abstinence-only education, and it makes sense that it would also, like, similar results would apply to abstinence-only birth control for prevention of pregnancy.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
0: I believe that human sperm is the life energy of man, and by giving it away willy-nilly, man decreases himself. What's the uh,
1: the vitamin most prevalent in human sperm? I believe it's zinc, actually. <laughs> yeah, but there must be vitamins. I'm looking. At, I literally just googled this. Several vitamins and micronutrients play an important role in facilitating the growth of sperm, including B group, zinc antioxidants selenium (laughs) oh selenium (laughs) and knack yeah (laughs) love me some good knack is it the next question in google is is it healthy to eat sperm and the answer is according to healthline.com for the most part yes the components that make it up are safe to ingest it's digested in the same way as food however in very rare circumstances some people might discover that they're allergic (laughs) This is known as human seminal plasma hypersensitivity, or HSP.
0: Wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. I wonder, so, like, can they have kids? Because if they're allergic, wouldn't their body mount, like, an immune response against
1: Oh, interesting. So, the question is, fertility in those with human seminal... Plasma. It almost sounds like
0: they have it they have a hypersensitivity if it's injected into their plasma.
1: Affecting affecting up to forty thousand women in the US. That seems like a lot. It's unclear to how extensively this can also affect men. Studies do show that it's possible to be allergic to your own semen. When this happens, it's known as a post-orgasmic illness syndrome
0: oh what i mean i know if like people's testicles get damaged they can lose the testicle from like an autoimmune reaction but right i didn't know that you could be allergic to your own
1: nut so i guess a woman a semen allergy can make it difficult for a woman to conceive due to like symptoms that like would impair your ability to have sex but it doesn't actually impact your fertility so I guess, like, it's not a, it's not like your body will reject it. It'll have an immune reaction to it. But in theory, if the sperm finds the egg, things should be fine. Weird. Weird rabbit hole we just went down on. Post-orgasmic illness syndrome is if a guy gets it. And if a woman is allergic to semen, it's human seminal plasma hypersensitivity.
0: I'm going to start including that in my differentials. <laughs> For anything. <laughs> Can you
1: imagine? <laughs> Lesions on the... Woman's her thigh could be <laughs> HSV. Oh, you think, you know, structure and purpura? Oh, interesting. IgA nephropathy? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you misunderstand me. Human seminal hypersensitivity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so what vitamin do you use in somebody with acute promyelocytic leukemia? Vitamin A. Yes.
1: Ding, 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 ding.
0: Interesting. Do you know why? I don't remember. It has something to do with the vitamin a receptor being truncated i believe it's a 15 to 17 translocation and basically because of that it it's involved in the maturation process of the cells and so because it's truncated doesn't work properly and so they have like hyper hyper proliferation of immature cells and then the stronger doses of vitamin a kind of overcome that truncated protein and then it just causes them to differentiate normally Left untreated, it's, I believe, extremely fatal and, like, really aggressive. But uh, the vitamin A is essentially curative, from what I understand.
1: How cool. I forgot about that one. That's a great, great plug. Very high yield.
0: I'm out of vitamin A association, so don't worry.
1: (laughs) So let's say you have a gentleman that came in and has been recently treated uh, for tuberculosis. And they come in and they have this new maculopapular rash... Um, they've been having increased bowel movements. What do you think is going on?
0: I would be worried about a vitamin B6 deficiency.
1: Okay. And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, if they're being treated for TB, they are probably on ripe therapy of which isoniazid is one which can cause a B6 deficiency, which is classically associated with peripheral neuropathy, but also can kind of cause an undifferentiated illness, like what you're describing. Okay.
1: Very nice. I have I have one level deeper, t- just because this is my hardest question of, of the night, is that vi- vitamin B6 is actually a cofactor for the creation of another B vitamin.
0: It is involved with B3 niacin creation. So exactly, isonizing can lead to vitamin B6
1: deficiency, which can subsequently lead to an inability of the body to make vitamin B3 since B6 is required, leading to the classic pellagra, dermatitis, diarrhea. I didn't mention the third dementia, and then of course you've mentioned the fourth of death. Um, So this can easily be reversed once you give the patient vitamin B6. And the other case, which I think was in our endocrine lecture that was incredibly high yield and, and a cool kind of clinical correlation was When someone has malignant carcinoid syndrome and shuttles all of their kind of precursors into, and tryptophan into um, serotonin because of their carcinoid syndrome, that can actually also deplete their niacin and lead to pellagra as well. So those are the two kind of cases I wanted to mention.
0: Yeah, that's a really good thing to keep in mind. So you have a fussy baby that comes in and his parents are, it was a home birth. What are you worried about?
1: You're worried about the fact that the baby didn't get the traditional vitamin K injections on birth and therefore can have issues with that?
0: Yeah. Could you. But why is the baby on... fussy? Well, maybe because of the issues with not getting hmm. vitamin K. Well, is the baby bleeding? Perhaps. Hmm. Where's the baby bleeding? That is the question that I'm asking you, yes.
1: Hmm in their brain yeah interesting tell me more
0: so the specific area that i was uh searching for there is actually the germinal matrix which is Mm. like an extremely vascularized area that uh tends to recede over time a few weeks after the baby's born but is at high risk of bleeding so much so that they'll actually do a uh, they'll do an ultrasound on i think all babies if not all babies they definitely do it on all preemies just to check for bleeding there.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like that. Vitamin K very, very high yield for those newborns. I don't think breast milk contains vitamin K, so even breastfeeding mothers, uh, these kiddos need to get vitamin K. So if a mom says, No, I'll just breast milk, I'll just breastfeed, uh that's not appropriate. They still need that vitamin K supplementation.
0: Yeah. And the biggest risk is like immediately after birth or if they're premature, so even right. if breast milk did contain sufficient vitamin K it would still take some time to, to build up because it's a fat soluble vitamin. Right. Alright. Are you ready for poem time?
1: I'm ready for poems, Bobby. Hit me with your best one.
0: Me? We. Do you know who that's by? Um The Creative Nintendo? No. Muhammad Ali. Really? Mm-hmm. What it's does credited that mean? as one of the shortest poems. It was in response to an uh, interview he did in the 70s after I think he won his championship uh, talking about how like he individually triumphed, but then he said that in response to it being like a community effort.
1: Oh, cool. That's a really nice one.
0: Since somebody kept giving me uh, snark for the best Edgar Allan Poe poem. All right.
1: My poem is actually by one of my favorite creators. It's also quite short. I am not famous anymore. Who's that
0: by? Jesus?
1: No. It's a it was an actor if that helps. Who decided that they don't want to be famous anymore for a is little it bit.
0: Shia Laboof. <laughs> it is Shia LaBoof. <laughs> well done, I knew you'd get that. Did you see that Bitcoin's at an all time high? Over twenty thousand today.
1: Yeah, I have some Bitcoin. I actually sold some today. Nice. Yeah, I've been buying $5 of Bitcoin every day for, like, the last 200-something days. So, slowly add it up. Nice. All right. So, you have a mom. She has a seizure disorder. She comes in. She says, do I need to stop my medication? She also has rheumatoid arthritis. And she's like, I'm like, what medications are you on? She goes, I'm on phenytoin, and I'm on methotrexate. And your response to the mom is what?
0: She should definitely not be on the methotrexate and then she probably shouldn't be on the phenytoin either but i think that might be a little bit more up for debate depending on who you ask
1: yeah so regard. yeah i'm i'm not getting so much at like because you're right like some people that are on seizure meds it's actually more dangerous to change them and mess around with them when they get pregnant because pregnancy can induce seizures you don't want their meds to like not be ideal so that's a good point i guess what i'm more getting at is what vitamin, are you concerned about being deficient? It's the same one for both these medications. Folate. Yes. Uh, phenytoin, a lot of these anti epileptics, uh, methotrexate, they can all lead to folate deficiency, and that can lead to issues in the fetus, the big one being fetal neural tube defects.
0: Yeah. Is that related? So for phenytoin it also can cause like fetal hydantoin syndrome. Is that related to the folate deficiency or is that separate? Fetal hydantoin, isn't that,
1: oh yeah, that is phenytoin.
0: Carbamazepine causes a similar thing that I think is also grouped into like fetal hydantoin syndrome, but because it causes like digit hypoplasia and some other odd uh, developmental abnormalities. I don't know if it's specifically the the folate. Because when I think about folate, you're right, I do think about neural tube defects anywhere from spina bifida colta all the way up to anencephaly but
1: so for the fetal hydantoin syndrome what I'm reading here is actually it's due to the um, byproduct or the breakdown of phenytoin during fetal development that's can be toxic and it's like uh, more likely to occur with certain environmental factors such as like mothers that smoke which is interesting so it's multifactorial
0: okay so it's actually like a toxic metabolite though it's not due to the folate itself
1: Yeah, the intermediate metabolite uh, leads to a lot of free radicals that bind DNA and lipids, uh, adversely affecting the neurodevelopment of the kid.
0: Hmm. That is not very radical.
1: No, not at all.
0: You are a breastfeeding African-American mother who lives in the northern hemisphere and doesn't get a lot of sun. What are you worried about for your child?
1: Uh, Multiple sclerosis
0: vitamin yes. D deficiency. <laughs> those are both correct. Very good.
1: Yep. Maybe interrelated. Who knows?
0: Maybe. I think vitamin D deficiency is one of those kind of non-specific syndromes. Pretty much everybody is probably at least a little bit vitamin D deficient. I mean, classically people talked about like, you know, drinking milk and going out in the sun, but I think more recent evidence suggests like you, it's not worth the risk of skin cancer. So almost everybody should be taking a vitamin D supplement unless you're you know, as pale as I am and grew up in such a sunny climate.
1: So I have another question for you. I have a patient. They come in hypercalcemic. You do a whole workup and they have elevated vitamin D. What are some of the reasons or what is the main reason that someone could be hypercalcemic with elevated vitamin D and it's not ingestion of vitamin D? I
0: would be worried about a few things. I think it can be sarcoidosis and other granulomatous diseases. And then I think certain tumors can actually cause upregulation of uh, vitamin D production. So like liver tumors and I think maybe pancreas or spleen. I have a vague memory of it being like some other GI tumor that can also cause it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is very good. Very good answer. Very thorough. I appreciate that. As do our listeners. So, patients with hypercalcemia. I mean, when someone comes hypercalcemic, there's a broad differential, um, including just like you know, external ingestion of things, PTH mediated, PTH independent. So, in this case. We're assuming it's PDH independent. We're assuming it's associated with elevated vitamin D. And you're exactly right. The two things you want to consider are granulomatous disease, such as sarcoidosis or TB, um, as well as cancers. And interestingly enough, the cancer that most likely will create, or the cancer that will most likely lead to hypercalcemia due to vitamin D is likely a blood cancer um, or a lymphoma. So those are the ones that you want to really consider uh, if someone comes in with that type of hypercalcemia picture. If it's hypercalcemia, that vitamin D is not elevated, you see lytic lesions in the, you know, skeletal survey, then you start considering, you know, multiple myeloma uh, vitamin. The hypercalcemia is more related to breakdown of bone, among other things, not so much vitamin
0: D. Right. Yeah. I feel like we could do a whole lecture on, well, basically all of the different uh, electrolyte arrangements individually. And I think calcium is one of the more complicated ones with the whole PDH-dependent, PDH-independent, and oh, all the definitely. different causes and stuff. So maybe that'll definitely. be a future episode.
1: Yep. So just like you said, think granulomatous and lymphoma, uh, if there's an elevation in vitamin D. If someone's hypercalcemic, the acute treatment, like we said in a prior episode, is IV fluids and lots of it. I recently had a patient, came in hypercalcemic, found to have a lymphoma. Um, basically, you give them IV fluids. We gave him actually some calcitonin, which works rapidly, and then some zoledronic acid. Which is a bisphosphonate and works over um, a slower period, typically like a week, a week and a half, uh, but helps a lot as well. But IV fluids is kind of first line, the thing that I think would be most relevant in a SEP2 exam.
0: Yeah. You know what they always say, the solution for pollution is dilution. Is dilution.
1: Yes, sir. You heard it here first. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Let's say someone comes in and they eat a lot of raw eggs. What vitamin deficiency are you concerned about
0: i would be worried about a biotin deficiency
1: nice yeah biotin vitamin b7 and it's interesting it's a component in the raw eggs called avidin that binds the biotin and prevents your body from taking it up
0: yep it's only raw eggs though right
1: it's raw eggs only right you probably denature the avidin uh it's just an interesting kind of like you know it or you don't kind of question if you get that yeah avidin biotin b7
0: there you go so a uh, merchant marine comes into your office and he's been complaining about some bleeding gums and maybe some corkscrewing of his hair or brittle hair what do you think's going on
1: (laughs) i hate when my hair corkscrews but this gentleman has a vitamin c deficiency and i'll hit you back with one more what actual what, what is actually not happening in this gentleman's hair uh, and in his uh, tissue that's leading to this?
0: Vitamin what mechanism C is not is working a, without... Vitamin C is a cofactor for the linking and processing of collagen. Perfect,
1: yep. More specifically, even the hydroxylation of proce- proline and lysine.
0: Yeah, if you want to get that specific. Oh, I do. Can you give us another
1: poem? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Can you imagine? We just keep asking each
0: other for poems the whole time. Please. Adam, Adam. Okay. There you go.
1: I like it. Let's say someone comes in and they're iron deficient. Do you want them to take vitamin C or not?
0: I think that they should because the acidity of vitamin C helps iron absorption.
1: They should. I don't know about the acidity. It might. I also think vitamin C helps the actual channels um, in regards to iron uptake. Like it actually facilitates iron transport by like helping actually with the channels in the gut. Right. Let's fact check that.
0: We know what they say about vitamin C. It's absorbic acid. Maybe helps Hmm. absorbic iron. Do you know what other divalent cations also share that transporter? There's two.
1: Uh, Magnesium and calcium.
0: Yeah, very good.
1: Oh, I didn't even know the question. (laughs) I said, what 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 other two divalent
0: (laughs) cations share the transporter?
1: And the same transporter for what, iron? Yeah. Oh,
0: interesting. They're both absorbed, or all three of them are absorbed in the 2-plus state, which I think is why the absorbic acid helps, because it helps to uh, whatever the chemical name is for turning them into their cationic state. It is an electron acceptor, which helps them become their divalent cation form
1: so vitamin c helps capture non-heme iron and stores it uh mainly by gosh that doesn't i hate when google doesn't finish the sentence um,
0: <laughs> thanks Sergi brin <laughs> i don't remember what the other co-founder's name is yeah azaric acid reduces iron
1: yeah i think it's more likely to be what you said with the change in ph leading to uh, better absorption of the iron is what i'm getting maybe it doesn't facilitate channels maybe i was incorrect in that i thought it did
0: but the non-heme iron has to be in its two plus form to go through that transporter so i guess technically i mean you're right in no way but it acts as a reducing agent
1: oh here iron transport through para- ferroportin is induced uh, by intracellular
0: vitamin c well Sounds like maybe we're there both right.
1: Perfect, as always.
0: I think for the step two level, all you need to know is that vitamin C helps iron absorption. Okay. I, I don't think it, uh, mechanistically, that's probably something to look up for step one, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> Tell me about your drink, Beau.
1: Yeah, my drink was really good. The Golden Road Balboa Blonde uh, pomegranate and strawberry. I would definitely drink it again if I had to rate it out of 10 i'd probably give it a 7.5 or 8 out of 10.
0: that's pretty good what does beer advocate rate it there's no score uh what is it with our like we're like on the bleeding edge of beer
1: (laughs) there must be a golden road about blonde untapped okay so beer advocate doesn't have a consensus score yet but of the two reviewers that have tested it so far uh, one, his name is Gobzilla, so oh. rated it a 4 out of 5, which translated to our 10-point uh, scales, let's say is 8 out of 10. And then our second uh, reviewer, Zigzag, from Florida, said it was a 3.77 from 5. So I'm not great at math, but that's like a 7.44, 4, something like that. So uh, regardless... Uh, I guess it's somewhere around there, and I think I said 7.5 to 8. So it's in there. It's a great beer. Would have it again. It's got a nice little uh, fruity fruity uh, taste to it, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, how was your drink?
0: Well, it was pretty good. It was water. <laughs> Technically, it's mineral water because it has fluoride in it, so it's good for my teeth. <laughs> I'll uh, tap my teeth to that.
1: All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. As always, reach out to us on social media if you would like some stickers. We've got dozens and dozens ready to ship. And we also have a website, buzzwordsmed.com. So if you're interested at all in seeing what we got working, we got some practice tests. We got some videos. We got a lot of good stuff. Anything you want to add, Bobby?
0: Nope, that's it. Hit us up.
1: All right, guys, take care.
0: Cheers. right now